0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Rick White with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. He'll comment on the situation with China. And up first in today's country comment, Justine Cornelson with Brett Young Seeds will join us to talk about canola seeding. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Justine Cornelson with Brett Young Seeds to talk about what farmers need to know about canola planting this spring.
1: We're working with a condensed time. Um, as for canola seeding, you know we're, we're still middle of, of May to end of May, which you know is, is, is ideal timing to get canola into the ground. Um, we are going to be moving into hopefully some warmer soil types. I know the forecast maybe doesn't look like that for the next couple of days, but, um, you know, looking further ahead, we, we will have some warm soils. We've got plenty of moisture this year. So really once you can get out there and get the the canola out, um, it's going to come up pretty quick and hopefully grow through that susceptible window for flea beetle feeding.
0: What about, um, broadcast seeding? You know, is that, would that be an option here this year?
1: You know that's something that's always discussed um, with broadcasting canola seed. Um, you know, typically a producer would go in afterwards and try to harrow it in and, and get some you know better seed to soil contact. Um, so it's it's always an option um there's a bunch of other things to consider that way Um, typically if you if you are going to broadcast seed you want to put more seed down because the the likelihood of it getting a proper proper establishment is is less so more seed out there and and that's something that you know with the seed cost um and price of canola is probably something that growers don't really want to be doing um is increasing those rates any further but um that that is something that is recommended when broadcasting
0: and um, yeah, I guess just maybe on, on the seeding rates, um, is that something you think might be adjusted here this spring or um, you know just kind of stick in that normal range?
1: You know what um, with, with moisture, we have the moisture this year, which, which which is what we were missing last year. So that germination, if that seed is placed at the appropriate level, should be fairly good. All right. We're going to be going into warm, wet soils. Um, so, you know, targeting that, that five to eight plants per square foot should still be the goal and the priority. Um, like I said, when we move to something like broadcasting, that's where you're going to probably up those rates to ensure that you're going to get, um, in between that five to eight plants. So, um, but you know, if, if you've been taking appropriate, um, survivability measures each year to kind of understand your scenario, uh, and, and your farming um, operation, you know, what you're able to really tailor those rates and, and make adjustments. Um, like every year with canola seed, we see wide variation in seed size. So that is something that, you know, all all um, companies are really pushing growers to focus on that and, and, you know, tailoring those seeding rates to make sure you are hitting that target plant population in the end.
0: And uh, talk a little bit more about flea beetles you mentioned earlier. You know, just some things that uh, farmers might need to keep in mind here this spring with the conditions.
1: So, you know, it's, it's um, there's, like I said, lots on the go here, lots to consider, and, and we are going to be dealing with a bit of a rushed period. So once growers are able to get out there, things are going to happen really quick. Um, right so just you know taking that time and ensuring um, you know you are hitting that you know target depth for canola seed so in that you know half an inch to an inch um, is, is where we want to be seeing that canola um, this year because we do have moisture we're not digging down deep to find it uh, so it'll be placed in moisture um, one thing that that is going to pose some challenges here is just um, our herbicide applications. That timing is going to come extremely quick. It's uh, going to be some overlap with seeding, as as always. Um, right, there hasn't been a lot of, of pre- seed burn down or uh, pre- seed um, herbicide applications, so um, we're going to want to get on the weeds here right away because they're going to be taking in all of this moisture as well. So. Um, you know what we're, we're still what are we today middle of the month so there, there's time um, canola seeded into that first week of June will still do do fine um, bearing no no fall frost so that's the other thing the other end of the spectrum that we have to be looking at but um, you know what we've depending on the area um, when we move into Saskatchewan some of those drier areas there's a lot of residual fertilizer in play Um back into manitoba where we've got lots of moisture right you're going to want to make sure you've got the the right um fertility package there for canola to come up and out of the ground um smoothly um but you know with with the high precipitate or high moisture levels you're going to have a lot of that product be um, moving through the soil fairly quick so it should be activated this year and, and not sitting in stranded dry soil
0: has there been seeding, you know, out further out west, Alberta, Saskatchewan, yet, or uh, as
1: far as yeah, coming, yeah, yep, yeah, lots of good progress uh, being made in Alberta. Um, I think they're starting to see some showers move through the area, which will put a pause on some of the areas. Um, When you get into northwestern Saskatchewan and north-central Saskatchewan, still very dry in that area, so they've been able to make a lot of progress. So they are in in need of some rain. And it says you move closer to Manitoba, um, you know, southeastern Saskatchewan, and and obviously bulk of Manitoba – continue to get hit with rain events. That's something, um, you know, it, it, we haven't really been uh, been able to get to much into the field, but I know any of these kind of windy, dry days, growers are trying to get out there and get anything, get any sort of field um, activity or um, action in while they can.
0: That was Justine Cornelson with Brett Youngseed. So look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute Farm Credit Canada has updated its 2022 Dairy Outlook. Craig Klemmer is Principal Economist
2: with FCC. On the demand side of things, you know, I guess it's kind of breaking it out in terms of uh, price and as well as uh, when we look at um, the demand piece, you know, overall demand has stayed quite robust and, and we continue to see some fairly uh, strong demand for, for dairy products despite the higher costs right now. However, you know, we got to start looking at uh, how things are going to shift here with food services now that we see the overall Canadian economy opening up or continuing to open up and, and uh, consumption patterns are, are changing
0: The Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association's Aquanti Forecasting Tool is expected to be launched early next year. The online tool will benefit farmers and land managers across the Assiniboine River Basin. Executive Director Duncan Morrison updated us on the project.
2: We are exactly uh, on target for 2022 with our MFGA uh, Aquanti forecasting tool, which bodes well for where we should be on the project and how we're going to be able to bring the technology and the tool to individual producers via uh, a bunch of uh, interactions and and meetings and uh, focus groups that we're going to be holding this year.
0: The Aquanti project is funded through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. And the latest Saskatchewan crop report says a third of this year's crop has now been planted, up from 14% a week ago. But it says producers are hoping for some warm days to allow field work to advance, as that's still behind the five year average of 53%. The latest report shows there has been good progress on seeding in western regions from the south to the north. It says large amounts of rainfall are generally improving topsoil moisture and pasture conditions, but are also delaying seeding in some regions of Saskatchewan, particularly in the eastern half of the province. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, May 20th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Rick White with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. This week, Canada was advised that China has reinstated access for Richardson and Viterra to export canola seed to China. Market access restrictions for canola seed to China were first implemented on March 6th of 2019. Rick White is president and CEO of the Canadian Canola Growers Association.
3: Well, some good news, I guess, for canola farmers and the canola industry is uh, both the reinstated uh China reinstated the licenses for two uh to uh, two Canadian companies by Terra and uh, Richardsons uh to uh proceed with uh their licenses to uh, uh ship Canadian coal into China um again uh, there was restrictions on there those restrictions uh i guess the, the the license was removal of the license was the restriction and those licenses have been uh implemented and uh we're very hopeful that trade will uh, resume uh, for all Canadian companies uh, going forward here and on into the future.
0: Do you have any further details on I guess why the decision was made to uh, to allow the uh, shipments to resume?
3: Well, okay. I don't uh, that's still uh, I guess a negotiation between uh, China and uh, the government of Canada. Um, really not a lot of detail there at all other than uh, the announcement coming out that uh, the licenses have been reinstated. Um, this has been an ongoing issue for an extended period of time and uh, so a lot of discussions have gone on but uh, at the end of the day China has made the decision to reinstate those licenses so we're happy with that but we don't know a whole lot of detail about how it occurred.
0: The restrictions as you mentioned were first implemented back in, in 2019. I guess just talk about the impact you know, since then on, on what that's had on uh, Canada.
3: Well, the, the two uh, exporters, Canadian exporters uh, uh, in question here, were, like you know, a big part of the canola trade going directly into China. So, of course, when when their licenses were revoked, um, that really had a, uh, a disruptive impact on the trade flow, the natural trade flow where where canola was meeting the demand for for Chinese uh, veg oil uh, <clears throat> veg oil demand. And so, you know, that disruption in the market and the natural trade flow, which should have been occurring, um, you know, it it disrupted that. And so it did cause some disruptions uh, in in terms of getting the canola out into the global market. Um, And so it created all kinds of knock-on challenges uh, in in, in that. And, again, it was just because a, a trade barrier was put up on two significant exporters, uh, which had to find a home elsewhere in the world or or circuitously through the world to meet that veg oil demand uh, and and that had a cost to it
0: and i guess there was there was still some canola seed moving or moving from other um, companies is that right or
3: yes no. yes it was just uh, the two companies uh, that were restricted uh, other canadian companies uh, did not have their licenses revoked so some you know, some canola trade was going on direct between uh, Canada and China through, throughout this. Um, but again, you know, it uh, certainly wasn't, uh, wasn't available to all companies, and, and the two that it wasn't available were a significant part of the export uh, uh, picture to China.
0: Just going forward now, um, I guess maybe just talk a little bit about what this will mean for, for those two companies, and, and um, you know, I guess for farmers who are growing canola here.
3: Yeah, I think in in general, Corey, it, like you know, it, it resumes uh, access to to all Canadian companies to 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 access that market equally now. So I think um, from a competitive on the ground um, perspective here in Canada, that's a good thing. All companies have access to that market, um, and I think that provides a, a lot of more predictability and certainty in the market, which is always a good thing. Now um, we. We've cleared uh, the barrier out. Um, The rules-based trade environment uh, is upheld. um, And, you know, let the natural trade flows go without uh, impediments in the way. And I think that will provide a lot of uh, uh, stability um, and predictability, which will be reflected in farmers' ability to, to have, you know, stable markets, and China is a big market, and and I think this will provide some stability now to that market, which will be good for the industry and take uh, some of the risk out of the equation uh, for the whole industry.
0: Any um, Rick, any thoughts on the on the current year on the on the canola crop? You know, we're we're seeing some delays here in Manitoba, but um, you know, any any thoughts on on what you expect to see this year?
3: I expect to see a lot of unpredictability, I guess, in the weather driven by the weather. We can all see that it's uh, farm by farm almost out there. It's either too cold or too hot or too dry or too wet, or it's just extremes everywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see how it averages out this year. Um, I'm. Uh, the eternal optimist—that's the farmer in me coming out. That uh, you know will be—we'll have a—we'll have a good growing season. But again, that's not going to be the case for every farmer across Western Canada here. So, it's too early to tell. Um, we haven't lost a crop in May yet, and uh, we'll see how the growing season treats us.
0: That was Rick White, President and CEO of the Canadian Canola Growers Association. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. Sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. And Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a Fence and Water Solutions Workshop June 1st. The cost is $30. You can register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the Boisevain-Morton Whitewater Growing Project is looking for teams to enter a combine polling contest set for late June in Boisevain. Reporter Barry Lamb caught up with volunteer Audrey Pashki. Well, you announced tonight, uh, told the, the faithful here that there's going to be another combine poll. When was the last one?
4: The last one was in 2019. Yeah, we got shut down because of COVID, so we couldn't do anything. Yeah.
0: What are the details of this one? Uh, When will this one be, and and what are you looking for, people?
4: We are looking to have it on the weekend of the fair, which is June 25th and 26th. The Sunday, I think, is when we are planned to pull various heavy equipment. Um, We are looking for kids to form teams, and adults to form teams, and we're also looking for some super strong people to pull a tractor of some size on how,
0: how many on a team for the combine part?
4: Uh, we have 10 people on a team, and there has to be at least two women, but that can also be 10 women. Is
0: this a promotional thing or a fundraiser? What's, it, what's the
4: goal? Of it? We're working on making it a fundraiser, but we don't really know how that's going to look yet. We're hoping it will be at least a raise awareness, an event to raise awareness.
0: And just over a month, Phil, till, till that'll be here. So if people want to get a team together and uh, their group of 10 or perhaps in the smaller for the, the tractor pull, what what should they do? Just get in touch with you or who do they get in touch with?
4: Um, I would have them email me at audrey at
0: How tough to pull the combine. Did you participate in 2019?
4: I sure did. <laughs> and I have actually pulled combines in Morden for several years um, at the Morden Corn and Apple. And it feels... You know, going up to it, it's going to be very hard. But as soon as you grab that wolf, that rope and start to pull, you are astounded by how heavy that is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but once it gets
0: going, it keeps going, I guess.
4: It does, yeah. There's some good momentum once you get going.
0: All right. Well, best of
4: luck. Thank you very much, Barry. That
0: was Audrey Paschke, one of the volunteers with the Boys of Maine morton Whitewater Growing Project. The group is looking for teams to enter a combine pulling contest set for late June in Boisevane. She was chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The executive director of the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association says the Aquanti forecasting tool is right on schedule. The online tool, expected to be launched early next year, will benefit farmers and land managers across the Assiniboine River Basin. Duncan Morrison talked about the project.
2: But what the Aquanti forecasting tool will do will give producers, you know, the ability to access uh, decision support within their forecasting tool to help them make important land management decisions on their farm.
0: The Aquanti project is funded through the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. And Farm Credit Canada has updated its 2022 dairy outlook. Craig Klemmer is Principal Economist with FCC.
2: So when we look at overall production costs, kind of where they have been, we continue to see them trending higher. If you look at feed costs, uh, we're looking at some pretty large increases again in 2022, uh, both in eastern and and western Canada. You know, higher corn prices, higher barley prices, all going to flow through in terms of rising those costs of productions for producers.
0: I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.